Whatever happened in our life, we need to remember. But God, He has different story that He writes in our lives, uh, so that um, that gospel really can flow in our lives through our lives and can bring the better fruit. Um, and if we are discouraged, but God encourage us. If we are proud, but God will humble you. If you are suffering, but God will bring healing and restore <laughs> yes, you. Yes. you know? Hey, we're back for another edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. So glad, friend, that you had time in your schedule to stop by. The last time we got together, we met with the Conways and heard the exciting journey of how God brought Kevin and Rahela together from two different parts of the world. Kevin grew up right here in Memphis, Tennessee, went to Bishop Byrne High School. I don't know what some of the things you used to do, Kevin, when you were in the city of Memphis. Uh, Do you remember some of the other fun things you did growing up in Memphis? Oh, I remember the barbecue in May. (laughs) I'm not sure when that started, but um, that was a lot of fun. And um, oh, just all the things you do when you're in high school and uh, competing against other schools. I met a guy last night from Ridgeway High School, and we had played football against each other, and it's been 40 years. And so that was a lot of fun, just some of the memories that brought back. And then he goes to Croatia on a short-term mission trip for 10 days and meets this beautiful lady who's translating for him. Rahela, she has no intention, not even cross her mind that there could be a potential relationship. She's just doing unto the Lord her ministry. And when was it, Rahela, that God started showing you there might be something to this guy from America? You know, th- those are two different cultures. And uh, I, I grew up in a home that we were actually not dating. So I never really dated anybody. Kevin was the first man that I kind of started having uh, maybe thoughts. But actually, first thoughts that came to my mind... Um, I know on that trip when he came, he was a cool guy, different. <laughs> there was one thing that I felt deep in my heart was like, I want to marry one day guy like him because he's so, he was easy to talk to. But not much than that. Later on, maybe a year later or, or six months later, I started having more feelings. I was attractive to him, but um, I know there was a two world clashing in me. One that wanted to uh, obey Lord and serve him and, and, and then... As a young woman, I like I had feelings. Yes, so that was uh, right, right, <laughs> clashing big time. <laughs> what were the hurdles aside from the geographical distance? Because I know there was some time that you were separated geographically for periods of time. Aside from that, what were some of the hurdles? You talk about joining two cultures together that you guys had to process and deal with. Uh, do you want to go first? From my side, it was uh, our goal and vision of life and how we how life is gonna play. Ahead, I really felt God calling me in the ministry, and I felt God calling me to my nation. So Kevin was so far from any of those that I felt that God has for me. There was a big hurdle. I mean, I had feelings, attraction, but there was a huge. Mm -hmm. uh, What about you? Oh, I guess just when you're in business, you have your goals, and you see yourself in a certain place five, ten years down the road. You say business, just for our listeners, maybe that listened last time, you were working as an executive with IBM in Atlanta, attending a small church. And I say small church, I, I like that emphasis because sometimes we think of larger churches sending mission teams out, but I think the heart of the mission, the mandate of the gospel of Jesus Christ to go into all the world is for all churches, no matter your size, and it's for all individuals. It's for believers and followers of Christ. So I just like the picture here. That's why I want to emphasize that. But it was through the ministry and the vision of your pastor to send out teams to Croatia working in the refugee camps with Bosnian Muslims. God just kind of broke your heart for the need to get the gospel there. 
Right. And my pastor of that church, uh, John Rowell, he, he was just a real visionary for that sort of thing, reaching the unreached. And the Bosnian Muslims were the most unreached uh, people group, according to a friend of ours at church who, who worked for Campus Crusade, Tom Hinkle. So, um, yeah, that was what kind of precipitated uh, the whole notion of going overseas and, and uh, sharing the gospel with the folks there. But, yeah, I think one of the things that was difficult for me, as Rahel was talking about, was difficult for her in terms of us coming together was, I was focused on uh, my work. I was with GE Capital at the time and had all these goals and so forth. And uh, all of a sudden, my world was turned upside down. I mean, everything uh, was up for question now in terms of uh, what God had for me in the future. So that was that was a bit of a, a difficult thing. But I knew God was calling me to this part of the world and, and to be with this uh, woman on my right hand right now. So uh, Whenever I had doubts, uh, I would just go back to that commitment that the Lord was uh, steadily placing in my heart. Does it ever amaze two of you when you stop and think about it? Like a lot of how God had shaped and formed your ministry was through a seminary there in your town. And then later, God started moving you toward an academic direction to teach the Bible. You did your master's at Wheaton and did a PhD at Cambridge in New Testament studies, but that wasn't even on your radar at the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wanted to do an MBA at a, at a Ivy League school or something. I had, I had no notion of going into theological training, but I have a couple friends in Atlanta, Bill Smith and Bill Fields. They were great guys in church who, uh, who invested in me and a lot of other guys. They had gone to Trinity I had learned so much about the scriptures from them and, and from John Rao and from so many different people at that little church. We really had some strong guys in the Word. So that was a real blessing. I think God placed them there for me and other people to uh, benefit from. I think that we need to stop here for a second because I can't help but think there are those listening to the program. You know, you get busy with life. You got family, you got careers, and God uses people where you are to do ministry and to draw people to Christ. I mean, that's something that we're to do wherever we're planted. But I think it's interesting, too, that you use this term of men who were deep in the Word. Mm -hmm. And we talked last time on the program about the living Word and the power of the Word and how the Word transforms. But the Word also, as we grow in this relationship with Jesus Christ and how it continues to transform us, but also providing direction because God can change your entire course. You might have your mindset and go in one direction but as you get deep in the Word and you get into fellowship with Christ and you have that intimate time and you hear His voice sometimes saying, I want you to go somewhere else. I want you to do something else. For my purposes, I have another purpose for you. Yeah, it's it's exactly true. I mean, God uh, oftentimes speaks in a whisper and He gets your attention. And uh, as you're spending more and more time in the Word, He's revealing things more to you that you might not have thought about before. Like you you hear all the time guys who say, yeah, I've read that verse a thousand times and this is the first time I saw this there. And God speaks that way through his word and his, uh, his Holy Spirit reveals things to us that uh, we may not have seen before. And yeah, so I yeah, hardly agree with that assertion. Well, as we were ending the program last time, we talked about Christian Educators Outreach Ministry. Is this a ministry that's based here in the United States, or is it primarily based in Europe? Well, it's headquartered in Charlottesville, Virginia, and the guy who, who's over it is Tom Foley. He's also uh, on the board of the seminary that we've been talking about in Croatia. So it's interesting. On one side of the spectrum, you had when we were with Crew, a very, very large organization, great organization, fifteen to 25,000 people, though. Christian Educators Outreach is, is on the other end of the spectrum. It, it, it's much smaller. 
Rahel is, uh, has family that actually works with them. Her sister and brother-in-law work with them. We have former students that work with them. So, you know, we have a, a great connection with a lot of folks in our new agency. A lot of them are former students, but makes it kind of fun as well. Yeah. Rahel, was your original ministry together, was it with Crew, with Campus Crusade for Christ? We actually started with church plant, and it was with the Evangelical, Evangelical Free, church. Free Church from Atlanta. But the Campus Crusade came later to play. We, we, after that, we moved to Croatia, and we worked with the with Bible school there. First, we were doing church plant in Bosnia, and then we moved to, to Osijek, where we were doing uh, more ministry with the students and teaching and uh, being student dean and pastoring and lead them through the practical ministry of the school. Then Kevin did his PhD in Cambridge, he met uh, the fellow who was uh, overseeing uh, theological and, and uh, biblical training for the crew staff. So when he met uh, Trent, Trent kind of told him that he's stepping down soon and he's looking somebody to replace him. And Kevin felt like this is something he would like to do. So that, that's for the crew play. We, we, were, we were with them for almost nine years. Okay. And he was overseeing uh, theological and biblical training for our staff, Eastern Europe and Russia. That allowed you to travel to these places, like I said, Eastern Europe, Russia. Give us a little bit of insight into the church there, the evangelical church in these areas. Do they exist? How do they exist? And just talk about that ministry. Yeah, Eastern Europe and Russia, this particular uh, uh, region for crew was comprised of about, about 20, 21 countries. And you had different ministries there. You had all the different ministries, like the crew athletes in action, the student-led ministries, uh, the, the city church ministries, and, and, and that sort of thing. So each one of the countries had that going on. Some countries are a little further developed than others. But, uh, yeah, it allowed us to come in. Uh, we weren't asking these guys to travel anywhere. We would come to their home countries and provide training for them. Because uh, a lot of guys, a typical crew person, uh, gets saved in college and They'll be involved in ministry on a campus, and then they'll go somewhere, maybe another country, that sort of thing. But they never really have an opportunity. They're studying business or engineering or something like that. They never had any theological, formal theological training. So that's what we were doing. We were coming right. in and bringing that in for them. Right. Because that was obviously very, very important when they're having a lot of difficult questions asked to them while they're on the field. What is the impact of the Muslim community in Eastern Europe and in Russia? Well, it's growing. I mean, it's uh, it's something you see if you look at the numbers. Uh, it's, it's it's growing quite a bit. You have a lot of uh, migration of peoples throughout Europe. The Muslim population in Germany, for instance, uh, a very Western nation, but it's growing quite rapidly. You see the same thing in France, especially the southern part of France. Very, very prevalent throughout uh, London and when you get to the U.K., you have Moldova, you have Albania. Albania, interestingly enough, was uh, the spread of Islam was slowed because the country was a completely atheist country. That was part of their constitution. You had to be an atheist. Yeah. And uh, now it, they, they've dropped that, of course, uh, but you have the Muslim population. But it's even though it's a Muslim country for the most part, that was the country with crew that was growing the fastest in terms of uh, adding uh, new believers and staff. So, yeah, there's there's a lot taking place. So your primary focus of ministry today, what is it? Well, my primary ministry is to uh, be available uh, for not only the, the seminary in Croatia, but for uh, seminaries all throughout Eastern Europe and Russia, and not just Eastern Europe anymore, but uh, since we're no longer with CREW, but with this other organization, Christian Educators Outreach, we have more opportunities in countries outside of the ones we were serving with CREW. And so what we're doing, uh, like, for instance, I'll teach a seminary in Kiev, 
uh, Ukraine. I'll teach a seminary in Austria. I'll, I'll look at one in Athens, uh, Greece, uh, the one in Croatia, uh, the one in uh, in Budapest. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different uh, seminaries Serbia. that that we're teaching at Serbia and Serbia. Of course, just came back from Serbia, and so whatever help they need. Did you teach at the school where Slajan? I think it is yep. in Belgrade. Oh yeah, it? yeah, because he was here on the program recently. Oh, he was. <laughs> oh, he was. Yeah. yeah, he and his daughter Rachel were here. You know, she had had treatment for yeah. the brain tumor at St. Right. Jude Hospital. Okay, and so they were in town, and Ronnie Stevens, who introduced you yeah. to us introduced me to Slajan. He came and shared the ministry. Yeah. yeah. So you've actually taught at that school. Yep. Well, and because of Ronnie's connection, Ronnie put me in touch with him. So, uh, you know, as we kind of joke around and say, you know, <laughs> Ronnie loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And he's uh, he often gives a lot of direction to places we can go. <laughs> but not only are we doing seminary training, but we're doing all kinds of things, whether it's on the doctoral level or kids at summer camps. You know, it's uh, we're just trying to be available for uh, where the need is. But a big part of that is training pastors, yes. uh, bivocational pastors through uh, seminaries and places like that. And the big thing that we're doing is we're going to them. We're not asking them to go to the United States and, and, and work and, and go to school at a seminary there where they have to spend a lot of money. They have to uproot their family. And a lot of times, to be quite honest with you, there's a thing called brain drain where they come to the States. They really like it in the States, and they're not really incentivized to go back to their home countries. Yes. And we want them to stay in their home countries because there's such a, a need for their strategic uh, uh, ministries that, for advancing the kingdom of God. One of the things I remember with Slojan in Serbia was the ministry, he said, really expanded when they started reaching out to those with disabilities in the community. And I thought that was really a, a neat thing, you know, when you think about the gospel for all Another sometimes forgotten population that we need to accommodate and bless and look for ways to bridge, you know, opportunities. So I, I thought that was a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. um, Rahela, are there feelings sometimes of isolation and questioning your real intentions of living life as missionaries that occur? And if so, how do you deal going through those times? You know, enemy comes with different things to discourage you. So. I know that answer for us as a Christian is always look at the cross, and then you get better perspective on things. But, uh, you know, things do come in life that sometimes you question. What do you do to find encouragement most? I guess you, you mentioned the word. Is that mainly how you find the strength? Um, to very authentic relationship, brothers, sisters, that you can share your burdens and praying with each other. That helps as well. Yes. Yeah. Very important. How about for you, Kevin? No, I think that's so important. Um, interestingly, Ronnie pastored the church in uh, in Budapest, and uh, I pastored the church after him for a couple of years. And uh, you meet uh, a lot of people, and you know God brings people across your path of uh, people that, like Rahel said, you can open up with, you can be good friends with, you can uh, you know share your burdens and be able to. Uh, Pray for one another. And I think it's a, it's a beautiful gift of the, the church community God gives us. Mm -hmm. Rayla, can we revisit those early years living in a communist state? We hear a lot about socialistic ideas and the winds of that are beginning to blow across America. Uh, what are some of your concerns when you hear things about socialistic and communistic values and ideas for living? It does uh, kills a spirit of of Christ, brings um, the truth that not 
based on on God's word.、Uh, they may seems like ideal in many ways, but it's it's not God's truth. So that、uh, people actually becomes more divided than they wanted. We grew up in that. That world, and it was there's not many opportunity you could have. It seems like you could have, but it actually kills that driving、uh, as a nation, as、uh, individuals. Yeah, I was thinking, and I've, I've referenced Voltaire' comment about there's this gob-shaped vacuum in everyone's、mm-hmm. life, and only God can fill it through Jesus.、Mm-hmm. We try to find Kevin all kinds of things to fill that, even maybe ideas of political ways of life, and thinking that's going to. Provide some kind of tranquility or purpose or satisfaction in life, or being the corporate executive like you were tracking to be in position, prestige, power, money, but none of that ultimately will fill a life. No, you're right, and it's、um, God. <laughs> I, I agree with the、uh, quotation from Voltaire, I mean, and it's by design. God has placed that in us, and it's、uh, and it's a result of the fall. And、um, yeah, I, I just think that.、Uh, uh, You know, it's 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 a bit of a wasted life to try to fill it with so many things that aren't going to、uh, fill that gap, even come close to filling that gap. And of course, as you know, and we all know, there's a, we know a lot of wealthy people who are suffering.、Uh, they 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 haven't experienced、uh, the Creator. They're the creature, and He's the Creator. And until they're in a right relationship with Him. That's not going to be a little gap. It's going to be a huge void、yes. in their lives. Yes, you did your PhD in New Testament studies. Obviously, spent a lot of time as a pastor and a Bible teacher reading God's Word. Out of all of the New Testament, all the time you spend, you probably have been asked this question many times. But of all the New Testament and the、uh, amount of time you've spent studying,、uh, writing papers on, <laughs> what stands out to you the most? In terms of、uh, New Testament uh, the, the yes. scriptures themselves, y- yes.、Um, oh, <laughs> that's like asking、uh, who's your favorite kid. <laughs> I've told each of them that you know, you're you're my favorite, you know that kind of thing. Just don't tell the others. <laughs> Now they know. Oh, I don't know. I when I was doing the PhD, I was in a lot of Pauline studies, so I, I really enjoy Paul's letters. I also love the Gospels, but again, I taught on Peter, and then the next thing you know,、uh, well, which of the Pauline epistles do you like the most? I just taught on Philippians and and Poland, and and it it's just whatever I'm in at the time. To be honest with you, I know that sounds like a, a not about a very good answer, but there's certain times and seasons where、yes. some parts of Scripture just stand out more. And、uh, we've been watching、uh, this the show, the、uh, the Chosen, and we've really enjoyed that. And it's it's going back to the you know the life of Jesus and and his disciples and seeing Jesus from their perspective. And it's I mean it's conjecture. It's、uh, I think it's very well done, and it, it's reminded me again how powerful、uh, it is to go back to the、uh, Gospels. So that's that's been wonderful. And of course, a lot of people stay away from it, but I, I really have a And replace my heart for the Book of Revelation, but you know what? None of this stuff、uh, really makes sense unless you spend time in the Old Testament. So、yeah. I had a professor one time say,、uh, "If you really want to learn the New Testament well, you have to go to the Old Testament." So I just love all of Scripture. I love biblical theology, what encompasses all of it. So that's the answer I give you. Well, I'd love that answer, and I, I, I want to kind of hone in a moment if we can. I had the opportunity last evening because、uh, Ronnie Stevens, again our mutual friend, invited me to come to a gathering of people. You were part of that evening and shared a few words. Romans, the、uh, first chapter, you were sharing some verses. 
Romans one fifteen. Preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Something that you spoke about last night that you said often gets overlooked or can be read over without reflecting on, you know, very often, and that is pertaining to the preaching of the gospel to ourselves as the church of Jesus Christ, as followers of Christ, not just for the sake of lost people. I want to just kind of camp there for a second, if you will, because I think that's a good place as we start to move into wrapping up the show today to exhort those believers listening that need to be reminded. We need to be reminded of the gospel daily. Yeah, well, it's a very interesting verse that I think you can skip over because right after that is verses 16 and 17, which which is the whole theme of Romans. Uh, Paul's not ashamed of the gospel because it, it's it's God's power for salvation it, and it reveals his righteousness. But 15 is very important, too, because what it in essence tells us is that we need to not just preach the gospel to unbelievers. We need to be regularly preaching the gospel to one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to build up one another. And he's talking to people who are already believers. You know, he talks about they're, they're already faithful. Their, uh, their faithfulness is being preached to all the world. These are people that uh, have already placed their faith in Jesus Christ, and, uh, and, and they've been transformed because of it. So these are people that are already followers of Christ, but they need to continually hear the gospel because the gospel, we're reminded again of uh, Jesus' death and resurrection, how it's transformed our life, how, it's, how powerful it is and the authority that comes along with it, how it releases us from the wrath of God, it releases us from the bondage of sin and the devil and so forth. And we need to regularly be speaking those words to one another, what the gospel is all about, because it's not something that uh, we hear once we get saved and we only bring it up again when we're talking to non-believers. It's something believers need to hear every single day. And like you said, in times of discouragement, Rahela, mm-hmm. when you feel isolated, remembering the comfort of the gospel mm-hmm. and what the gospel does for us, obviously it transforms because of Christ's life, but it's it's just being reminded daily. You know, when we take the Lord's Supper, we do this in remembrance, mm-hmm. remembering. You talked about a moment ago, Kevin, how if you want to be a good student of the New Testament, study the Old Testament, Oftentimes in the Old Testament, Israel was instructed to have remembrances, do this in remembrance, the stones of remembrance. There was oftentimes having monuments or things to remember what God had done, his faithfulness. So I think this is a great picture. Yeah, it is. Uh, and one that I will add to it, and I know that's what Kim will say, his favorite is but God. Ephesians um, 2.4. Yeah. Whatever happened in our life, we need to remember. But God, He has different story that He writes in our lives, uh, so that um, that gospel really can flow in our lives through our lives and can bring the better fruit. Um, and if we are discouraged, but God encourage us. If we are proud, but God will humble you. If you are suffering, but God will bring healing and restore <laughs> yes, you. Yes. you know? <laughs> I got humbled this morning. I've been trying to watch my weight and lose some weight. And so I've got these protein shakes that I do. You know, I've got this little mixer in the office here, and I had it all nicely done with some few blueberries, and the, the powder mix was in there. <laughs> and I, when I popped the top off, I saw it was full to the top. And I thought, well, I need to be really careful as I pour that cup into my drinking cup for the smoothie. Well, my finger slipped and hit the on button oh, no. to the mixer. <laughs> oh, and the no. next thing I know, this protein shake is going up in the air all over the room, you know. <laughs> That's a small thing. Thankfully, God humbled me through that. But 
it was just kind of a reminder, you know, how we <laughs> we can make such a mess mm-hmm. and we can make a mess of our life so easily and we need to turn it over to Jesus. How do we do that, Kevin? Somebody listening to you today that you said, you're, you're talking about this gospel, you're talking about this transformation. How can Christ make a difference in my life? I would say, I would probably just start off and say, you know, recognize that um, you blew it and just be honest about it. And uh, just you need to come to the Lord and recognize that you're very, very needy. And, uh, and he's the only one that can turn it around. Uh, I think until you are, you humble yourself and come to that place, uh, you're just going to be spinning your wheels for a while. But the Lord, I think, loves to hear those kinds of prayers. I think he, he, uh, honors those who are contrite in heart and, uh, who will humble themselves. And, um, and we're, we're very, very blessed to have a creator that cares for us so much and wants to see the best for us and, uh, and loves it when we come to him in a humble manner. That's great. Beautiful. Okay, the ministry is Christian Educators Outreach. Last time you gave some information how our friends, if they want to know more about the ministry, how they can pray for you specifically, uh, maybe if they want to give financially to help support the work God's called you to do, what can they do, Kevin? Well, we have a a website that they can uh, go to, and that that explains everything pretty much right there, better than I could do in a limited amount of time. But that that site is www.com. C E O Kids K I D S dot org. And if you want to give financially, after the org, you would just put slash give slash and it would explain everything there. Conways, it looks like this is gonna to have to wrap up the show for a second time. Thank you for being willing to stop by. Thank you for sharing your heart with us today here on Mid South Viewpoint. Thank you, Byron. Thank you very much. Enjoy being here. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. And when the nutrients that God makes are depleted from your body, you will die. And I have no idea how long that's going to be. I have a tendency to overwork myself because I want to prove I'm worthy of people's love and attention. That's definitely a trap that I'm struggling with. The cutest little carousels with... um, Swimming fish? Well, no, they're the... Seahorses. Seahorses! (laughs) Seahorses! Think of that, it just left my mind. So what I had in my living room over this series of meetings were highly functioning within the church culture, biblical illiterates. So critical race theory is a a way to destroy this country, destroy the family, and destroy the church. Mid-South Viewpoint is people telling God-sized stories from all walks of life. Listen Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 3 p.m. on AM640 or anytime with the Bot Radio Network mobile app or on Spotify and iTunes podcast.